0: Welcome back to KSL News Radio. So glad to be with you this afternoon. Morgan, so many interesting guests today.
1: This has been fun.
0: Well, everything from sweet rolls to conventions, it's been pretty amazing. Uh, sometimes
1: those things align actually oh, yeah,
0: sometimes yeah. those are happy days when they do for our listeners out there we do want to hear from you so if you would like to weigh in on our conversation you can do th- so through the community credit union text line uh utah community credit union we're grateful for them text your comments to five seven we'd love to hear from you and of course morgan because i know you've done this you can also download the app Mm -hmm. you can listen live you can do on demand but that ksl news radio app people should download that and listen Uh, it's powered by any hour services i do love that app also uh let's jump in uh to uh i'll I'll just say it's like consulting the oracle (laughs) that's what it's like to talk to natalie gochner uh with the gardner policy institute that she runs so many great things natalie thank you for joining us today
2: Uh, My pleasure, Jason. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday. Hi, Morgan. Yeah,
0: happy Friday. (laughs) Well, we're glad to be with you. We we saved you for the end because we're going to talk about some stuff that's happening, some things that are going to be happening. uh, And of course, you're in the middle of all of it. I know legislators listen to you, the governor's office listens to you, and of course, so do we. So we're just glad to have you with us. Do you mind if we jump into a a few items here that you're working on, Natalie? Uh,
2: Please. Happy to be responsive.
0: Let's start with one of the things that we just love, the Hinckley Institute of Politics loves doing with you and the Gardner Policy Institute, is during each election cycle, we have what's called informed decisions. Uh, maybe talk to just kind of high level what that is and what you think we're going to be doing uh, as part of that relationship with the candidates and the policies that will be talking about going into the election.
2: Well, it's an important election year, and it's wonderful to take two outstanding centers up at the University of Utah, our flagship university, and take the great work of the Hinckley Institute and the Gardner Institute and pull it, put us together. And so, what we've done is we're we're pulling together an election brief. That's the research side that Gardner does so well, and then uh, Hinckley will help with the uh, bringing people together and talking about the elected officials and the politics and the election side of it. In this year's uh, election, we're going to focus on three topics, housing, education, and the COVID-19 recession.
0: Wow, uh, that sounds pretty deep. <laughs> <That's>, those are <laughs> the serious topics, Natalie.
1: They are serious, but Natalie, one of the things I love about these election briefs is that you make them short and concise. You make it so any voter can pick it up and get the, that information you need. Can you tell us what your team does to make sure that's the case?
2: Well, the first thing we do is we, we really distill. So you take something very complicated and you have to, you know, distill it into a handful of insights. We're going to be do that, doing that with the COVID-19 recession. Help people to know that it's been absolutely sudden and severe and uneven. That's one insight. But another insight is that Utah's performed better than almost any state in the country from an economic perspective on COVID. Today, we had an unemployment rate released at 4.5%. That's a case in point. But then another insight is uh, really that um, if we're not careful, there will be a price to pay for all this stimulus. That is, you know, the debt that uh, we face as a country because of all the stimulus that COVID's required. So we take a lot of complicated information and try to distill it in a way that a voter and a candidate can connect on and make informed decisions based on that analysis.
0: You know, just a, a comment on that. So, so n- no political party, no candidate uh, pays you to do this, right? This is just, just flat, unbiased policy research.
2: Yeah, that's right. We have a housing, construction, and real estate experts here at Gardner Institute, so we put them on the housing chapter. Uh, we have an education analyst who's uh, writing on education and specifically what's on the ballot uh, this year on education. And then I was the author of the COVID recession one because that's something I do a lot of work on.
0: Yeah, that's true. I encourage everyone to read those. I know I do uh, each time you put those out and your great team there. Do you you mind taking just a moment and give us an understanding of uh, the current economic outlook for the state of Utah?
2: Yeah, happy to do that, Jason. Um, So we did get a jobs report out today. Uh, The the economy is still contracting, but at a much uh, lower rate. So the, what that means is we look at how many jobs were there in Utah last July, because there's a lag, how many this July, and that decline is 1.8%. Nationally, that decline is 7.7%. So if I'm rounding, about a 2% drop in Utah, an 8% drop nationally, it shows you how much better, uh, relatively stronger Utah's economy is. The outlook uh, is, um, you know, I expect it to be a steady improvement. But I don't expect this to be a V-shaped recovery. Some people are saying that, but I think uh, the COVID uh, pandemic is, is serious enough that we've got to plan for some flare-ups and ups and downs. And I think what you'll see is a gradual return to um, a pre-COVID levels.
1: Natalie I want to switch gears a little bit and I love actually that Jason called you our state's oracle because another person that that term has been used with is Professor Dan Jones the pollster he was known as Utah's political oracle so that's quite the mantle
0: well they both deserve it
1: They both it's so well deserved and Natalie maybe you're the policy oracle and that really goes in line with this new research from one of our other partners um, at Utah State University the Utah Women and Leadership Project and they put out some interesting numbers they found that about 40% of leadership positions in Utah state government are held by women. And so these are women working in policy in these state government jobs. And you were one of these women for many, many years. And when people talk about how Utah has low numbers of elected women, of course, that needs to be higher. But I always am sort of cheering in the background saying, but look at the amazing women we have in policy. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about that get your reaction to those numbers and maybe hear about some of the roles women are playing behind the scenes in government in our state. Mm.
2: Well, I love the question. It's my privilege to work with a lot of these women. And to be honest with you, Morgan, I don't even know where to start, but I'll, I'll start uh, with the governor's cabinet. You, know, you, have, you have Jill Remington Love over heritage and Arts. You have Tawny Downing at administrative services. Uh, Nubia Pena was just uh, tapped to be on the cabinet representing the state's multicultural community. You have Yeah, we've uh, actually,
1: if I can coffee. cut in, we've been working, oh, sorry, Natalie, I was just going to cut in. We've been working with Nubia on the Hope Corps, connecting our students with the community, and she's amazing. She's amazing,
2: yeah. And, and, and anyway, so you've got a whole bunch of cabinet members. You've got a Vicki Varela leading the Utah Office of Tourism. What do we have? I think they're policy roles, uh, five female college presidents. And even a little bit, one removed from government, but you go to some place like the Economic Development Corporation of Utah and Teresa Foxley, who everybody that interacts with her, you know, after they interact with her, talks about what a talent she is. I can also, by the way, just go to the Utah congressional delegation where Senator Lee's chief of staff, Allison Bell, the woman, um, the deputy chief of staff for Senator, Senator Romney, Kelsey Berg, and uh, uh, Ben McAdams, Congressman McAdams, chief of staff, Nicole Dunn. So where do I start? There's a lot of them.
1: <laughs> well, what's the significance of this? What, you know, how do, how do they play a role? How are they influencing policy? Well,
2: they're very talented. Uh, they're experienced. Uh, I would say that a particularly st- strong strength of uh, the female leaders is they're very balanced. They bring some of these uh, feminine values to the public policy process. And I believe that uh, men can possess these feminine values, but I also believe that women possess them in more abundance. And by that, I'm referring to values like uh, civility, collaboration, uh, an appreciation for you know, balance and stewardship. These are things that, uh, that women do very well, and when we put women in leadership roles, in public policy roles, I believe uh, it, it provides a balance that's really helpful in society.
0: It is, it is so true, and we were so fortunate to work with you. Uh, we we have a, you know, about thirty seconds here, uh, Natalie. I'm just wondering if you can give us a little preview. Uh, if you if you see uh, our legislature working any more on some of these issues, since you were kind of architect of the COVID-19 response for the state, are we going to see more economic stimulus coming to the state?
2: Mm. Well, we do need to see more stimulus. Um, even though Utah is doing quite well, the PPP monies have run you know running out. Uh, The expanded unemployment insurance is running out, and we're not through this crisis yet. So the plea I would make is for our Utah congressional delegation and others in Congress to uh, take that next step and get us one more round of stimulus, and I think that'll uh, get us through to the end of the year.
0: Do you see that happening in the next month?
2: I was really optimistic pre the August recess, and yet uh, they didn't get it done, Jason, so um but you know as i think about it they they're going to have to do it i mean the the yeah. um the pain of not acting will be significant and so well, that, that's going to be t- na- okay you've that, got to end that's
0: going to be the not last word on anxiety. that natalie gockner thank you as always so helpful today
1: a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon but violence is only the beginning of this story
2: sometimes i thought there are no miracles